Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. I'm going to start off reading from Matthew 25. i got a few more other verses here, and we'll take it that way as the Lord will lead us. Matthew 25, reading at verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps, went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. At midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, Not so. Lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. And after it came also the virgin saying, Lord, 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 open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Verse 13. Watch therefore, for ye neither ye know neither the day nor the hour where the Son of Man cometh. I want to share with you from the title Extra Oil for Enduring Times. Extra oil for enduring times. Extra oil for enduring times. Like never before are we faced in a day and time that all of us has to come into acknowledgement and awareness that we are living in our end times. Prophecy is being fulfilled like never before. All right, the coming of the Lord is at hand closer than it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And there, this end time is a awareness for people know that things are going to transpire and happen. This end time understanding is a perspective that makes you understand that you got to pay attention to things going around you and in you while you do your daily task of going to work, raising kids, going to school, and all the different tasks and uh, obligations you have in life. You must pay attention that we are living in something called the end times. In the previous chapter, chapter 24, this 25 is actually a proceeding or a continuation of the thoughts laid in chapter 24. When he finally tells in 25, as I started reading, the kingdom of heaven is like. But he's already started in 24 with this theme, trying to get his disciples ready 
for the end times. In the chapter 24, they're looking at a beautiful temple. It's beautifully made. Jesus uses this as a point to teach them. He said, you're so worried about this beautiful building and how beautiful it is, but in a few days, it'll be rubble. In a few days, it'll be uh, uh, torn down. And he uses it as a point to teach about priorities and teach about what is important. He begins to warn them about the coming of the Lord and the end times. There's a few things I got to tell you about the end times so that you and I both can be ready when he comes. One of the things Jesus began to tell them is watch out for deceivers. You would think when things get tough and rough, everybody will be on their best behavior. You would think that when somebody is going through a storm and, and calamity has hit somebody's home or a city or town, you would think that would be the time that everybody's on their best behavior. But even in the worst of times, there are people always lurking, looking to fraud and deceive you. Come on, how many times during a pestilence or doing some type of natural disaster that happens in the world, that now you got to watch out for some fraudsters? Come on, you can't even set up an Instagram page or a Facebook page without somebody stealing your likeness and stealing your picture, copying it and putting some cash out and putting a message on your, your, uh, your, on your Facebook page saying send me some money or um, putting something in your, your message, send a message to your DM and trying to tell you hey I've been stuck over in Africa and I went there for the weekend, I can't be reached by phone y'all ain't never got none of those messages I can't be reached right now. I'm in an important situation and things of that nature. And if you don't send me no money, I don't know what I'm going to do. You don't, don't send that stuff to me. I'm going to say, you better pray. If you know Jesus like I know Jesus, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. The Bible even says he'll be a present help. Don't, don't send me that stuff. But if you don't understand that there are people who will use every situation to manipulate you, if you're not ready to discern, if you're not ready to, to understand that the spirit of a liar has been released in the earth and people will lie at the drop of a dime even when they ain't got a lie they'll be lying the spirit of the liar is one of the preceding spirits of the antichrist is the spirit of the liar where people start lying lying for no reason come on just lying making themselves look like they're better than they are further than they are come on a lie living a lie living a life that's off balance come on making themselves look like they further than they are richer than they are they got five twenty dollar bills and they went and care and changed out the rest of them twenty dollar bills with hundred dollar bills and they telling you they holding a stack and all they got in there is a total of two hundred dollars but they done made you feel like they further than they are telling you people are lying it's a lie you ain't all that rich you you ain't all that rich there are people faking like they further than they really are you would think in a time like this people will find greater sense of being authentic and being honest but the spirit of the liar has been released in the earth and he tells them watch out even in times where things are going bad because people will take advantage of you even at your worst 
That's what he tell them. He said there are going to be people taking on false identities. He said there are going to be people talking about they are the Messiah. Now as believers, as we have read this kind of stuff, you all should know that ain't nobody is Jesus but Jesus. Come on now. Now we should know that ain't nobody talking about they the Messiah. When they start talking about they Messiah, I don't care if they turn water into wine after they say they the Messiah. You ain't got to pay them no mind to time they say they are the Messiah. I don't care if they perform a miracle. I don't care what they do. I don't care if they're David Copperfield. I don't care what happened after they say they're the Messiah. The moment they say they're a Messiah, you ain't got to pay them no mind. I don't care if they prophesy to you, tell you when you was born, what hospital you was born in, and what time of the day you was born. I don't care. The moment they say they're a Messiah, they are a liar, liar, liar. And you can't believe even truth coming out of a liar's mouth. Oh, you ain't saying nothing. You're not even supposed to follow the truth coming out of a liar's mouth. Because a liar going to always be a liar. Even if the liar takes truth, the liar is only taking truth to bait you in to sooner or later do the okie doke on you. Because once you start listening to a liar, your whole life gets all messed up. That's really the whole story of Jesus 40 days in the wilderness with the devil being tempted. It's not the fact that Jesus don't need bread to eat. He's in the wilderness 40 days fasting. is hungry. It's not the fact that he didn't need water to eat. I mean, bread to eat and water to drink. It's not the fact that Jesus didn't have desires of ambition that he wanted to grow. When the enemy told him go up to the highest pinnacle, it ain't that Jesus ain't got desires. It ain't Jesus that he ain't got no ambitions to grow. But the truth of the matter, what he's trying to tell you, you don't live your destiny out of the mouth of a liar because the liar is always a liar. That's why Jesus keeps telling him it is written. Come on. Then he tells him, hey, he takes scripture. The devil takes scripture in the same test and he tells Jesus he says hey hey you if you be the son of God won't you cast yourself down unless you dash your foot against a stone even the devil will take scripture and make you try to follow him but the Jesus knows uh, it don't matter how much scripture you say you are still the devil and he twists the scripture and tries to make Jesus commit suicide and fall down from the top of the temple and Jesus finds says get behind me for it is written thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and only him should thou serve and you got to be strong in this day to only serve God everybody say only serve God come on serve God come on you may have a great pastor you may have a great leader you may have great apostles and bishops I got to come through here because there are some people with the mic in the church have made themselves more than they really are called to be all we're called to do is lead you to Christ we are not the Christ Paul said it like this and we need more people in the gospel to preach the gospel right and have the right heart about the gospel Paul said it like this he says follow me as I follow Christ. That means the thing you got to know to follow me is you got to know Christ. Because if you don't know Christ, you don't know where I'm going. If you don't know Christ, you don't know what I'm teaching. So follow me as I follow Christ. But if you don't know him, 
there are people even in the body of Christ who will take on the wrong identities and don't understand that we are just people who try to lead you to Christ your ultimate destiny is not with me come on uh, come on somebody I know some other pastor done told you that you can't go to heaven unless you stay at his church you a liar 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 you are the spirit of the liar is in your mouth you a lie they can leave your church find another church because it ain't about what church they go to it's about knowing the Lord Jesus he ain't coming back to ask you if you went to truth gatherers he want to know at the end of the day how do you know Jesus in your heart all this foolishness telling people they can't have a destiny unless they at your church it's wickedness it's manipulation and you get sucked in because they prophesy some things right to you and get caught up in a manipulation and abuse yeah it happens in the church one of the things jesus tries to tell them they're going to be taking on people taking on false identities the bible says in 24 just one of the scariest things about 24 he says and they're going to deceive many that bothers me if he would have said that was going to deceive some i would have been feeling like that's some some even makes me feel like and this may sound cocky but pray for me some makes me feel like that's you and not me that's what the word some it says some but when it says the word many it means even the ones who think they are strong better be careful it means the one who think they know the lord's way better stay in prayer it means it says many will be deceived yeah and he says even as these things are happening nations are fighting against nations rulers are fi fighting against rulers and famines and earthquakes are all in the land in various places he says this is just the beginning of the end times i'm telling you you're gonna have to have an enduring heart to make it through the end times we've heard devastating news even over the last couple of weeks about tornadoes ripping up entire towns those type of things take your breath away it grips your heart if you have any ounce of humanity and love just for another brother or sister even if you've never seen anybody in Kentucky seen anybody in Arkansas Mississippi uh, any of those places where the storm went through and ravaged them without much notice uh, they're not sure if they should bunker down or run the refuge no time uh, I mean no time to really prepare and figure out what you're going to do and something suddenly comes and changes your life forever grips your heart when you hear about i even heard and recently read that even another tornado has swept through japan in the times we live in there are things that will be taking our breath away and if you're not anchored in god you're gonna get swept away in just the havoc of the earth if you're not careful, if you don't get your mind fortified, if you don't get yourself anchored deeper in God, now I ain't even talking about manipulation. I'm talking about just the pain of the cycle of life. I'm talking about the heartache of what happens in the end times itself will make you lose your faith. You will see all the things going on in the world and you will say, how could there be a loving God if all of this is happening? 
you'll get so sick and tired of all the things we have to go through and face and stand up against that sooner or later you will turn against God and tell God it's all his fault you'll tell God it's all his fault and you will lose your faith and you will start being around everyone else to say it can't be a God because all of these things occur I'm telling you you're going to have to become stronger emotionally to make it during this time I'm telling you you're going to have to get your inside emotion you're built up in order to make it through these tough times he tells them all of these things in order to prepare them for the future to make them ready to make them strong he even talks to them about the season to preach the gospel he tells them as ministers as disciples when you see all of these things happening it's not a time for you to run and hide but it's a time for you to stand strong and preach the kingdom of the gospel I still got something that's bothering me uh, from the since the pandemic and, and I'm almost thinking about through with it but I gotta keep saying it until I feel like the Lord released me I still got a problem with some of the preachers and the ministers because this should be the time that we are most stirred when there's more chaos going on in the earth when there's so much calamity going on in the earth the preacher is the one that is supposed to be stirred the disciple is the one that is supposed to be praying and interceding because we understand our message we understand that we're supposed to preach the gospel and we're supposed to be stirred up but now the, the preaching on went quiet the preaching on got soft church is full of cereal every morning five ways to get rich nobody got no time for no quick quick get rich schemes people need to know how to stay anchored in the lord oh messages that make you feel good every sunday and you go home and sin like you've been sinning and matter of fact you take sin up another notch the whole time why because there's no convicting messages and everything is just for quick and short and I ain't got I ain't got nothing against long services I ain't, I ain't a person that believe in long services but I got a problem with everybody who believe in short services I do so you're gonna hear today I got a problem with you you got it clear I got a problem with you because everything else can be long but church got to be short everything else God can, everything in the world the movie can be three hours but church got to be short yeah I got a problem with you I want you to know you ain't got to, you ain't got to wonder if I got a problem I'm telling you today I got a problem with it when we come with God everything everything with God got to be quick fast in a hurry you pray on Monday you want God to answer it on Tuesday you pray on Wednesday you want God to answer it on Friday and we are just people who think God is interested in our convenience and we don't recognize God really moves by sacrifice and we think God is a God that we pray one time and everything changed I got news for you keep on living you're gonna pray on Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and when it don't happen on Thursday instead of gossiping with your friends over lunch you're gonna turn down your pray on lunch and learn that you can pray to God during your lunch time because God ain't as convenient as we made him made it appear we serve a God who will hold out till we change we serve a God who will answer our prayers till our heart get right and so don't get scared come on back in I ain't going nowhere these old pastors gonna preach long today just come on in I may be done in a few minutes you don't know but the problem is we don't want to wait on God we don't want to wait we want to do what we want to do and tell God when he needs to do what he needs to do 
and there's a danger to raising convenient people the danger is they don't have the ability to hold out for nothing they don't have the ability to wait for promises they feel like they're so wonderful that God owes them everything so they walk around like God owed them everything you know you know they walk around like if God don't do this he must be don't know who I am you know and there's a danger to raising convenient people I don't believe in necessarily wasting people time let me clean it up for the technical people I don't believe in wasting people time I don't believe in having a 30-minute segment in church where we honor 18 bishops and 15 missionaries And we don't honor people so long that they anointed and walked out the door. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. I don't believe in wasting people's time per se. Amen. But this thing that people just feel like church got to be short all the time. Hallelujah. Church got to be short all the time. Hallelujah. That's the only thing I'm messing with today. I'm messing with you today. So don't think. Don't think I'm being subliminal or nothing. I'm talking about it's a mindset of convenience. And the mindset of convenience at times will trap us. And I just want to raise that in your life so you will understand that part of the enemy's plan is to make things convenient for you. Don't you understand that when the time does come and the mark of the beast does hit the earth, that a part of the plan is for those people who can't hold out. Part of the plan is to make this thing so convenient for you, all right, so convenient for you that you can't hold out for nothing. You're just willing to accept anything without any type of discernment. But when you start walking with the Lord, the reason the Lord takes you through these trials to build your faith, because he wants to teach you there's some things you can live without. I know some of y'all was talking about, I can't be happy till I got married. Well, you done seen somebody else not do well being married, and you done decided, I can wait a little bit I can wait to God see what I'm saying we live our lives always telling God when we gonna be happy when we gonna have joy and we tell God if I ain't married by 25 I ain't gonna be happy God if I don't have the job I want by 36 I ain't gonna be happy and we don't wonder why why God will keep us in the fiery furnace because he gonna disconnect our joy from the blessings of life and God will say I'm gonna see if you can have joy with what you have there's too many people waiting on God to do something new to be happy. There's too many people waiting on God to bring them out to be have joy. I want to know, can you have joy right where you are? Or are you manipulable that the enemy can bring something to you because he knows it's connected to your joy? Oh, you want joy? Do this. You want joy. And that's why I said convenience is dangerous. Now I'm not not a fanatic. I'll balance it off. I'm not a fanatic, you know. I'm good. I'm smart. I'm okay. I'm not a fanatic. I ain't telling you I'm not about to ride through no drive-through never. I ain't about to tell you I ain't. I'm about to go home and cook every night. I ain't about to tell you that. I'm not telling you I'm not gonna pick me up and tell me let, let me get let me get number five and yeah make that super size. I'm not telling you that, but I'm telling you the spirit of convenience. Hear me what I'm understanding. The spirit convenience. 
moments because the enemy will make certain things convenient for you and see if you got enough strength to hold out but tell somebody I think I can hold out uh, somebody I keep trying to teach people that about marriage not even marriage is the only thing but marriage and relationships hold out I always try to teach that people think they don't get it when I try to tell them that when I try to tell them I took myself off the market uh, let me just talk about that for two minutes when I took myself off the market as a 19 20 year old I don't know I didn't have no struggles uh, attracting the opposite sex I have no struggles having a girlfriend I had no troubles with that but I decided to take myself off the market why because I had a destiny and I had to get myself right and I had to be focused come on and some of us get so distracted about everything we don't start prizing who we are you know what I'm saying in prizing who you are see God had built me up so much before he presented Pastor Robin Robin to me that I knew who I was and so not only I was looking for somebody who can walk destiny with me see see what I'm saying I was looking for somebody who can go through some hard times with me and so if getting married quickly sometimes you ain't got a chance and unless unless you're really mature in God unless you're really mature in God getting married these real quick sometimes don't give you a chance to watch somebody go through stuff see I want to see how you gonna act when life don't really happen for you and see you see being all in love we in love would you just wait till that booger get fired from his job and let's see if he go home and say the joy of the Lord is my strength because that's what you're living with see see you got to wait a little bit to see what you got you got to wait a little bit to see how they work through things and how they act in certain situations bring them over to your house and let them meet your family and come on that kind of stuff all these secret relationships nobody don't know who you're dating and know who you're with and stuff like that come on out of here in jesus name come on somebody and, and, and i want to see what you really got through the tough times and do you got some character and god had built me up so that when i met pastor robert and her family a very strong faith-filled family and they wasn't willing to give their daughter to anybody who wasn't strong no man who didn't seem like he was going nowhere they had been knowing me for over a year and a half maybe two years and at the time I decided to go over there and propose to them they act like they never knew me I'm like come on now you've been knowing me for two years I'm a young minister in the gospel and they went totally cold on me when the mom was giddy mom was like oh Joe come to propose you know mom was giddy daddy just cold he was cold he wouldn't even want to talk to me. I'm like, what's up, my brother? What's up? Man, you've been knowing me for two years, man. I ain't hiding nothing. He was like, no, you don't raise the game. Nah, no, you talking about marriage and stuff like that and stuff like that. And I was like, hey. And so he wanted to sit down, which I honor him to the day. We ain't got no problems in our relationship. He sat me down and told me about his wonderful daughter and how wonderful she is. He said, we love her. We're not sure. That's what he told me. We're not sure if you love her but we know we love her so before you get mad and put your hands on her bring her on back if you if one day you wake up and you feel like she ain't really what you want we love her bring her on back all right that's what he told me and I responded to him with my cocky self you know from Miami Florida sir you ain't got to worry about it I ain't bring I ain't marry her to bring her back because while he was talking about who she was I was in my head was saying I said you don't know who I am I got a destiny and I wouldn't be in your house if she didn't match my destiny. I wouldn't be over here if she didn't have the goods. Oh, you talk about who she is. I want you to know who I am. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Sometimes you're both shy. Some of y'all talk about another a spouse. You better learn who you are. See, when you know who you are, you can pick right. Y'all ain't saying nothing here today. 
ain't saying there ain't gonna be situations that you got to still pray through. Ain't gonna be situations you got to still work through. Come on now. Come on, but I ain't saying none of that now. You still got to work through some stuff. You still got to communicate. You still got to love through some stuff. You still got to forgive through some stuff. But when you know you picked that thing right, you know you're gonna make it through that thing. I need somebody to yell that's married and say, I picked that thing right. Oh, if you online and you know you've been through some storms, but you don't pick that thing right, I need to say, I pick you. I ain't saying nothing. We need people to stand up and say, I pick that for y'all. Ain't saying I picked right. Why he telling me who she is? I honored it. In my mind, I was getting excited because of who I was. And you got to know who you are. This is all important because 25, the 25th chapter is really about holding out. He said the kingdom of heaven is just like 10 virgins. What 10 virgins in context means Christians. So I don't want you to think we're talking about unbelievers right now. We're talking about 10 virgins. The whole concept of the virgin is someone who's set aside for the marriage. So we're not talking to the world right now. I'm preaching to the church. Ten virgins. He describes in this parable about these ten virgins. He says a strong word that I don't need anybody to get offended because one of the ways you're going to grow when you stop getting offended. He says, I want you to know out of the ten, five were wise and five were foolish. So it presents a very tough subject here today as we go into details is that we got some foolish Christians. We got some foolish Christians. Oh, to be nice, some unwise Christians. But to be biblical, foolish. To be biblical, foolish. Oh, the Bible said they were foolish. They were foolish. Five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. It gives the context on why the five are wise. The five are wise is because within their oil or their lanterns, they had oil in their lanterns and they had another cruise or case of oil. The other five were foolish because they only had oil in their immediate lanterns. It is necessary to talk about the foolish Christian. The foolish Christian means it's the one who decided that God is moving on their time. God is moving on their time. They have decided on how much prayer they need. They have decided on how much oil they need. They have already decided on how much teaching they need, how much preaching they need. And there's a segment of Christians who has already determined they've heard enough of the gospel. Oh, the Christians, they're saved, but they decided they don't need to go nowhere and be in no church and hear no preacher preach or hear no women, the women prophesy, nobody teach, preach the gospel because they're already saved and they already know enough. And they have decided that they cup are full, the cup is full, they already know about the word and they have no need to need anything extra. They don't need nothing extra. And the Bible calls the people who don't prepare foolish. Because this is about the lack 
of preparation, not for today, but for tomorrow. It's not about today, it's for tomorrow. It's the mindset that says, I don't need to pray anymore. I don't need to fast anymore. I'm already saved. It's the Christian that say I'm saved and because I'm saved, I don't need to do anything else. Because I'm saved. But don't you know, while you save, you are still got to live this life. You still got to overcome your tests and your trials. And you are not in charge of when Jesus is going to return. And he calls these Christians, these virgins, that they were foolish. They were foolish because they didn't prepare. They were foolish because they had the opportunity. Now don't fuss at the five wise virgins because they took extra oil. The five foolish had the same opportunity as the ones who took more oil. I'm telling you in a season, there are people who will never prepare, but they'll always beg for the people who do prepare. And you better watch out for people who never prepare. You tell them always prepare for this, prepare for that. But no, they decided they don't need to do nothing. And also, they count on you having some. They count on you to be the one to sacrifice. They count on you to always have something and they're counting always to beg and to borrow from you but in the time we're living in you will have to stop being needy and asking everybody else for their own stuff you're going to have to learn in this season and I ain't no against about calling nobody else for prayer I'm not against that I believe we need each other but there's going to come a time you're going to have to stand by yourself and I want to know how many people are preparing to stand by yourself when you can't call your pastor when you can't call your prayer partner when you can't call the great mother and the great bishop when you can't I want to know can you hear God for yourself oh they're coming a time that you're gonna have to know God for yourself you're gonna have to know that you heard him you're gonna have to know that you're saved and there are people who are deciding not to prepare because they know so-and-so always have and a kind neighbor don't mind you knocking on the door every once in a while asking for a cup of sugar. But after a while, we want to know when you're going to get your own sugar. A kind neighbor don't mind giving. A kind neighbor is generous. A kind neighbor don't mind the knocks at the door. But what's going to happen when your neighbor is not at the door? What's going to happen when you're in need of something? And this is what's trying to, this scripture tries to do. It tries to make us responsible for our destiny and responsible for holding out until he comes. Let me finish here. Then the Bible says, look, Verse 6 and 25 and 5, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. What this means is life happens to everybody. So the five wise and the five foolish, while the bridegroom tarried, and what what the bridegroom actually does, he come and he proposed to the person he's going to be espoused to. It's putting this analogy as the great wedding that we'll have with our Lord and Savior. And he's the bridegroom, and he said the bridegroom actually goes away. He, he gave us an invitation of engagement. So all of us who are in Christians, in some context, we are engaged to Jesus. But the final marriage happens on that last day. But the engagement is a covenant. 
So he's engaged to us. And what the bridegroom would do many times in the Old Testament, he would say, hey, I want to be engaged to you. Let me go make us our home ready. And he would go away and make the home ready because no man can invite no woman to the house and he's at his mama house. For this cause shall a man leave his mother and his father. Now, I believe in temporary situations during the life where you're going through a transition or something's happening or there's times where we got to take the care of an adult. And for that reason, I understand those circumstances, but not on the basis of laziness, not on the basis of not being able to go do what you get your own. That's a whole nother case. I understand circumstances, situations. The bridegroom would go and make sure he had a place for the wife. So the bridegroom is away and while the bridegroom away life happens both the five wise and the five ver- five foolish both of them slept so it just t- takes you about the commonality of life life is gonna happen in between this season before Jesus return life is gonna happen there's some time we're gonna fall asleep but life is gonna happen life happened to both of them but look at the difference at midnight say at midnight it means in our lifestyle we got to be ready whenever he comes because now the bridegroom returns at midnight he, he comes basically when they sleep he comes at a time where they wouldn't expect him see everybody thinks see that's why you ain't got time to be slipping and dipping in sin see many people have got accustomed to slipping and dipping in sin and then being back right before Sunday communion service See, but when the bridegroom come, he's going to come at a time that you couldn't time him, you couldn't plan for him, and you can't got time to be slipping and dipping and getting back right before first Sunday of the month. I'm talking about a mindset. They said at midnight, uh, the bridegroom came. There was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. All of them got up and trimmed their lamps. It means they flickered the light and got their lamps going. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil. The boldness of the unprepared. The boldness of the one who didn't think fasting was important. The boldness of the one who didn't take advantage to read their own Bible. The boldness of the one, Give us your oil. See, why we're all brothers and sisters of the faith. When it really comes time to get in those doors, it's business now. See, it, it separates it. And watch the mindset of the ten virgins here. Why after the bonus of the brother and the sister in the faith says, hey, give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered and said, not so. No, I mean, I'm wise. There are times you got to know how to tell people no. And they'll try, oh, you so mean. No, I ain't no mean. I'm wise. And they got to learn, because if I keep giving to you, I ain't going to have none for myself. They say, no, I got to go out and I got to meet the bridegroom. And I'm not sure if I got enough oil for both of us. And so this ain't a, I'm sorry, in this circumstance, I know this, in this circumstance, it's not about if we going to make it. 
Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. See, some of us get all emotional in our relationships that we miss how to be strong and concrete when it comes down to personal salvation. They not being emotional here. They're living by principle. They said, this ain't about if we gonna make it. Before he came, I tried to encourage you. Before things happened, matter of fact, while he delayed his coming, you could have got yourself up and went and got some oil. Before he came back, you could have got yourself up and went and got some extra prayer. You could have went and got some and got your own extra oil. But now that he's here, don't act, look at me to tell me I'm being mean. I'm telling you no because this ain't about a we thing at that point see when you go get me Jesus and much oh, I'm gonna say it very clearly I'm gonna mess with close it ain't much how much you love your wife how much you love your spouse that's good but when the time comes for judgment and the enter in and ain't gonna about beat you about your spouse The spouse can't look at one another and say, hey, let me get some of your oil. No, 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 baby. No, 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 I love you. But this is by heaven. We was on the earth for some years. You had a chance to get there. I'm telling y'all, y'all got we gotta get this thing right. He says, he says, no, this ain't about no we thing. We did the we thing before Jesus came. No, we did the we thing before Jesus came. No, 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 this ain't been the we thing. The virgins looked to look at the other and said, no, no. He said, not so. He didn't even say, let me pray and go think about it. You know when you want to tell nobody no, that's what you do. When you know the answer is no, but you don't want to say no, because the emotional realm of the brotherhood and the sisterhood, you already know the answer. Why are they talking, hey, so and so, you know, your mind like no. He's like, okay, let me pray about it. You don't even pray, because you already knew the answer was no. You don't even pray. Because you already knew the answer was no. Then you come back a few days, I thought about it. And no. That ain't what the five wives said. The five wives said, not so. It ain't happening. I'm not giving you no oil. I'm not giving you no oil because, but, but uh, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go rather to them that sell and buy yourselves. What they're trying to say is, you had an opportunity to go get your own oil. What they're trying to say is, how do we get oil in our lives? We make exchange for our time. You had an opportunity to use your time, use your resources to get more oil so you can hold out. But if you don't ever stop using your time and exchanging how your time with the Lord, you're never going to get more oil. I'm telling you, some of y'all better be careful because sometimes you get so busy, you don't have no time for God. You get so busy, you better be careful. We're getting busy. You better be careful. I'm a busy person too. I understand it. But you better not get so busy, you ain't got time for God. Come on, some of y'all done been halfway into poverty, halfway able to pay your bills. And I've been just, my mind has been blown about the same people who was once at the dungeon, barely can pay their bills. God raised them up and they the same ones. Ain't got no time for God. They were strong when they was broke. They were strong. They were, oh, you couldn't beat, you couldn't beat, no, you couldn't, nobody could beat them to prayer. When they was under pressure, ain't nobody could beat them to fasting. But now that God done raised them up, God ain't nowhere in their lives. And the thing that worked for them, they don't do it anymore. And the thing that God used to raise them up, they don't do it anymore. Too busy. These people say, not so. They say, not so. 
you had an opportunity to go exchange. Let me finish here. And while they went to buy, because see, they had, they was forced to go buy. See, you can either get hungry now or get hungry when it's too late. They'll get people who get real hungry when it's too late. They hold their pride in, they hold their flesh and their ego in, and only when at dire situations, now they come with the biggest request in the world. They, now they have to go run at a time. They're supposed to be running to the bridegroom. Versus taking oil, what they have run to the bridegroom, they got to run in another direction to get oil in hopes that they, he will delay and still open the door and they have enough time to get them. There ain't nothing like pressure and anxiety when you know you ain't prepared. I say, ain't nothing like anxiety when you know you ain't prepared. You run every red light, you, you disobey every traffic signal. Hey, man, you going through, come on, you moving fast. You doing, when you, when, my God, they was like, look, we got we to gotta get some oil. All right, we got to go get some oil. And so we don't went so we can get to the bridegroom. And they that were ready went in with him in the marriage. And the door was shut. After it came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Now see, I, see, I think people get delivered when they read the Bible. Because many people think God is so, such an emotional God. He don't have any standards. I can imagine them knocking on the door and saying, I've been waiting for you for 10 years. And he said, but do you got any oil? Where your extra oil at? Well, I've been, see, we don't understand this whole thing about judgment when judgment come. Many people don't understand that kind of stuff. We think God is just going to be emotional. And he's going to be strictly by his word on principle. He don't even open the door. He shut the door. They knocking on the door. Let us in. Let us in. Lord, open on us. But he answered and said, Verily I said unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. I'm going to conclude right here. I believe we're in the time we need extra oil. Things we face, we need strength to hang on. Extra oil is what's going to keep you going when all these things start going crazy. Extra oil. You're going to have to learn to get some extra oil. I'm not dealing with if you saved. I'm dealing with what the Bible says, that he that endured to the end shall be saved. This race in Christianity is just not a one Sunday morning experience, a Friday night experience. Don't you understand that there are people who started out in the way, got discouraged in the way? Don't you know there are people who started with Christ somewhere on the sideline, not with Christ today? So this is not about just coming to accept Christ one time and then after that going about your way. You got to contend and still have the oil in your life that you can last until he comes. That's why we need extra oil for enduring times. We're going through some things in this world. What they try to warn his disciples that you're going to hear some stuff. You're going to be shaken some days. I heard some news this week about a young man who took a trip to Kentucky from Tallahassee. Many people know him. Dear brother Jamie Holland, I was shooken just by hearing the passing of this wonderful young man, wonderful husband, worked with his wife and sister-in-law, know a lot of the family. 
love the Lord and just with the tornadoes taken in the wind and the good thing the good news is his life was with Jesus that's the good news but just the event itself is shaking in the time like this we live the news that we hear you gotta make sure your soul is anchored in Christ you gotta make sure you got extra oil saints you need extra oil I know they told you you know I ain't want to be deep and there's so many Christians that got afraid of being deep everybody not afraid of about being deep God got the greatest population of shallow Christians in the world everybody at the at at the shallows of the sea playing with pails and scoopers at the shore they can't stand nothing deep God got a bunch of kids just at the shore of the beach rolling around in the sand making castles and nobody can swim get out there in the water get out in the deep because we got a whole bunch of people that got afraid to grow we got a whole bunch of people in the church just shore dwellers they won't learn the word for themselves they won't read it they're always depending on somebody to feed them you know, one of the greatest excuses sometimes it happens when people do go to a church where the pastor don't preach and don't teach. That does happen. But you still got a lot of cre- preachers or uh, people who change churches be talking about he, he don't feed me. They don't feed me. Well, the truth of the matter, when the last time you fed yourself? The only people, and, and, and that's a sign of babiness or, or immaturity. Because babies get to cry and bang on the high chair and yell and scream because they wait for you to warm up they, they number two Gerbers. And you don't took too long to feed them because you was watching your favorite sitcom. And they yell and let you know, you late mama, I'm hungry. They bang with their little spoons and stuff. Feed me. That's what the baby church does. They only fuss at the preacher for not preaching and teaching and all that kind of stuff. But the believer get up and go get their own food out of the refrigerator. The mature believer open up their own Bibles and start reading and learning God's word. Come on, when you start becoming an adult and maturing in the, in the faith, you don't always talk about the pastor fe- preaching you and, and feeding you. He ain't the only one that feeds you. You feed your own self. When the last time you fed yourself, that's how you get extra oil. You want to feed yourself. And I understand they don't help the Christian out in a lot of ways. Many people didn't understand this Bible with the these and the thou's and the ye's and, the ye- and all that. It's like, what are, what, who are they talking about? I done got lost. They done said ye, they, thou. I done lost the person. Who are they talking about? They got all types of versions. New Living Translation, NIV. So the King James Version not doing for you, they got the message translation. They got the amplified translation. To help you understand. Help give you context. Help you understand what's really trying to happen in here. But I'm telling you, we got to get some extra oil for what we're going through. We think Jesus is just going to rescue us. And that's one of the things that bad teaching does. It makes us think once a few tornadoes come, some pestilence comes, that Jesus is coming tomorrow. And Jesus ended up having a weak church. 
because they too, too busy waiting to be rescued and people who always wait to be rescued don't work they don't serve there's a segment of the church they stop doing evangelism they stopped doing evangelism because they were like Jesus coming tomorrow and Jesus didn't come Jesus coming tomorrow he didn't come they stopped working and now serving the truth of the matter we're supposed to serve till he come he actually supposed to catch us working when he cracks the sky we're supposed to be on our side he supposed to catch us working there should be no question if we belong to him he's supposed to catch us working we hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from truth gatherers dream center church pastor joseph davis and the congregation invite you to join them you can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.